Welcome back to the Broad Sock, the Broad Book, at a broad historical subject by two uh, not so broadly informed people. I am the first of your two co-hosts, John Rowe. And I am the second of the two, Andrew. Andrew Shipe. Andrew, Back in action. Back in action. I'm doing good, John. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. A little hot outside. Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's a scorcher. So my brothers call this lip sweat heat. Lip sweat? Yeah, where like you walk outside and you immediately get a film of sweat on your upper lip. Does that not happen to you? Is that because all the shapes have, have dirty like I, white boy mustaches? Yeah, dirty Italian like dirty wispy Italian dirt stash. mustaches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dirt stash. Exactly. Is, is that endemic to the <clears throat> shite blood? You don't. This is not a common occurrence. Is it just a shite thing? I don't. Like when you're so hot, you feel I, that sweat on your upper lip. Is I've that never, not something? I've never noticed a sweat okay. on the lip. Well, think I've about it. Now. My, the next time you get in your I car, get, I get the swamp butt. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I get the swamp butt. And obviously the pits. I don't really get the pits too much. Okay. So maybe I'm just a sweaty guy. Maybe we're maybe I'm, the stripes are sweaty people. Maybe you're a sweaty <laughs> Sicilian people. It's certainly possible. <laughs> so we're not talking about heat today, though. No. We're talking about feuds, right? We're talking feuds. about hot feuds. Hot, hot feuds. Hot, hot feuds. Fights. Fights. Did you yeah. have any uh, big, big, big feuds, feuds. as a kid? Most neighborhood of the, feuds. Most of the feuds I had with were, were like my best friends in the neighborhood. Right. Right. Like rivals. Yeah. Rivals, but people I'd play Tony Hawk for a skater with. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. you would be fighting one day, and the next day you guys would just be hanging out, like well, you said, playing, doing Benny Hanna's and t- Tony Hawk. Yeah, playing Tekken. Yeah. So how how now when you say like fist like uh, fist flying and I only fought one of my friends. Okay. I fought one of my friends, yeah. and uh, it was. Do you remember a, what it was over? It was. It was funny. Um, what was that? What was it over? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. I think okay. we were both being jerks to each other for no reason. Sounds about we, right. Because we were going through puberty, yeah. and in puberty, you, you become this horny, smelly sociopath. Yeah, right. And in my case, a horny, smelly, sweaty sociopath. Yeah, fun. So I remember uh, <clears throat> once one of my neighbors, and yeah, it would ha- it would be a common occurrence, just like in your neighborhood, getting in fights. But I remember one time. Our neighbor Keith Webster did something that annoyed me, and we live in a two-story house. We lived in a two-story house, and Ooh, he started running down the stairs. Case. I know, and I only say that not because in Florida <laughs> we lived in a two-story listen, house. In Florida, it's not that common. Correct? It's not that common. So usually, you have the ranch style. So I felt like I had to preface that being Floridians, but um, we had this toy shark, and I just chucked it at him, and it hit him in the foot at the perfect spot. He ended up falling on his ass and sliding down the stairs on his ass. Nice. Because of this perfect throw. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I know. Probably it, my uh, showed his <laughs> showed his punk ass. Yeah. Fuck you, Keith. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Keith was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. Did you keep in After touch? All. No, he uh, well, somewhat. He actually ended up going to FGCU. He was a few years younger. Than oh, me, okay, but. gotcha. So you you assaulted this kid. Yeah. This kid was a oh, few brutal, years younger. Terrible. Than you. It was a terrible with thing. A, with a toy shark. <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh. But neighborhood feuds, yeah. right? Like, it's the people that are closest to you that you kind of hate the most. Yeah, right? exactly. Like your buddies. Right, exactly. Your buddies. They get on your nerves and you want to you want to fight them yeah. in the schoolyard. Right. So if we're talking about small communities, mm-hmm. do you get any smaller than Appalachia uh, in the 1860s, 1880s? It, it was I don't extremely know. Was, it, was that a tight-knit community back extremely. in the day? Uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll say we're talking about the Hatfield and McCoy feud, right? Yeah, the Hatfields so the and the McCoys. Famous, famous feud for, uh, if you're not an American, you may not have heard of the Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. It's kind of the uh, Montagues and Capulets of okay. southern, like, eight, 19th century America. Right, correct, yeah. And really it was a local feud that ended up becoming this national story for a few different reasons. Well, I remember the governors of the respective states had to get involved at one point. 
Correct. They like did. The, no, they didn't get involved? No, they did. They did, and, yeah. But I think you said they had to, and I don't think they had to. From, from what I've read is they wanted to step in for the advancement and of civilization, and for our listeners, there's air quotes around the advancement of civilization, as well as the advancement of capitalism and economic advancement. I think the governors, the state authorities, got involved with this feud because the area would become extremely important from coal mining. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like in the 1860s, when the feud may or may have not begun, they, the states didn't give a fuck because coal mining wasn't as big of a deal. There was no way to get the coal out. Yeah. There wasn't any locomotion or uh, mm-hmm. trains to get it out. Trucks or anything uh, like that. The, the river was too shallow to bring big boatloads out, so it wasn't a big deal. But as the 1880s roll around, where it becomes feasible to mine coal, yeah, the indu- state's indu- like, hey, we, we better step in. Some industrialization. Right. And there was on. also, it, it, like from what I've read, there's this the fight between, again, like advanced civilization and backwards hillbillies. It's the, kind of the idea. The hicks. And the, the hicks and, and, and the hillbillies, yeah. And the more developed Correct. upper crust. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the Tug River Valley. The Tug River Valley. Tug River Valley. You have Kentucky on one side, you have West Virginia on the other. That's right. I don't know if you're curious or if maybe our listeners don't know, but West Virginia wasn't actually a state until 1861. So after... The Civil War. Right. And then it ends up there's like a Confederate uprising or they try to take over and mm-hmm. it fails and so the the well, Kentucky well, government ends up siding with the Union. Wasn't that why West Virginia became right. a state? Because some Virginians did not want to join the Confederacy. Correct. Like, yeah. okay, well we're going to live here right. and we'll be West Virginia There you go. and we'll be with the Union. And that kind of ties into our whole story because there is this kind of, not so much Union versus Confederate, but the war was was kind of influencing what was going on. And some people in the same family, like some of the McCoys, you had Union soldiers and you had Confederate soldiers. That's right, that's right. And they grew up in the same house. Right. So do you, in your research, did you find the, like an opening event or did you... I did find an opening event. And, and what was it that you read was the opening event? The death of Asa Herman McCoy. Okay. Yeah. He was a Union soldier. Right. In the McCoy family. Yep. And there were Confederate soldiers in the in the McCoy family and in the Hatfield family. Right. And right. when uh, Asa came home from the war, yeah. he was discharged because of a broken leg, I believe. He was wounded. That's yeah, yeah, he was wounded. When he was uh, came home from the war... The some of the Hatfield boys who yep. were part of the Logan Wildcats, the Logan Wildcats. Yeah, Thank what you. a great I was name! Scanning right? my notes. They're part <laughs> of the Logan Wildcats. Who I, I I guess were a group of local boys who were in the Union Army. I'm sorry, the Confederate Army. So Confederate militia. So Confederate it's kind of militia. interesting. Like both the Confederate and the Union armies established militias. They pretty much said, "Hey, if you're a group of renegades or bushwhackers, mm-hmm. you can ambush Union trains or." Confederate supply wagons, you can take that stuff and like you can consider yourself part of the army, but really they weren't. Like they didn't have commanders. They're more like privateers. Correct. Yeah, they, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Land pirates. Land pirates. There you go. Logan Wildcats, land pirates. Okay, so Asa came back from the war. Yep. He's a Union vet. Yep. And these Confederate privateers basically say, hey. Bushwhacking, right? Bushwhacking. They say, hey, we're going to pay you a visit later. Oh, so, okay, they threatened him. They threatened Before him. Before they shot him. Yeah. Huh. They threatened him. Damn. Like, hey, All right. we see you're back in town. We see you fought for the Union. That's scary. We're going to pay you a little visit. So. And they did. I, you could definitely say that was like the first event. What I, what I ended up reading some from some later studies is that a lot of the, both Hatfields and McCoys were Confederates. In fact, almost everyone in Tug River Valley was Confederate. And so 
Yeah. And there was a reason that nobody ended up getting charged, right? Did you read that, like, nobody was charged for Ace's humor, uh, murder? Really? Yeah. Like, there were there were warrants that were given out, but nobody actually pursued them. So, a lot, like, the, what this one scholar was saying was, like, a lot of people didn't like this guy because he fought for the Union. Really? Like, even his own family didn't like him, and even his own family felt like he, he just got a, what he was... He was a traitor. Yes. Yeah. So, and again, you know, that's just from one scholar. That's got to be a shitty way to come home. I know. Like, you get You're... wounded in the war fighting for a cause you believe in. Right. You come home and your whole family turns their back on you. I'm sure yeah. there's at least one person. Because why right. else would you go home? Right. I'm sure there was one person who was like, listen, you're still my son or you're still my yeah. brother or whatever. Right, right. So we should probably mention there are like two um, patriarchs, right? There are two patriarchs, yes. So for the Hatfields, we got William Anderson Hatfield, also known as Devil Anns. With the uh, McCoys, you have Randolph. Randolph McCoy. Randolph McCoy. Did you see that he's sometimes called Old Rannell? Old Rannell. Old yeah, Rannell. Old Rannell. <laughs> old Rannell McCoy. Yeah. And Old Rannell... Quite a few of his children died in this feud. Yeah, I mean, quite a few. It's crazy how, like, I think they, I think one of them had like fifteen kids. I mean, needless to say, these were huge families, mm-hmm. a very tight knit community. It's like one village. In fact, in the eighteen sixty census, there was not one village or one town in the Tug River Valley, which really? to me isn't yeah. It's just these two compounds, these two estates. No, it was like multiple families living like it just this one valley. There were multiple families, maybe like one trading shop. I imagine one saloon, but no village or town. Which yeah, again seems kind of crazy. That is crazy. At least in eighteen sixty, uh, yeah, eighteen sixty census. Um, That's not so. It was just almost just these people who had their estates on the property. Correct. Yeah. And there was no no infrastructure. Right. No. No. No like mm-hmm. doctor. No store. You have to go into town. I imagine. So the closest stuff. city would have been Pikesville in Pikesville. Pike County. Okay. Um, Pike County. Uh, is that West Virginia? Kentucky. Or Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Logan County is uh, West Virginia. It was Logan County, hence the Logan County or the Logan Wildcats, and then. Uh, Pike County, Kentucky. I should have tried to look. I'm assuming there was like a trader, some guy who had like a general store yeah. where he lived somewhere within the valley. Yes, yeah, or someone who made rounds. Right, yeah. So that's how the feud started with the death of uh, of Asa McCoy, Asa McCoy. I'm not sure really sure how to say Yeah, yeah. But do you know how it continued? So what I have is like in the late 1870s with Devil Ann suing Perry Klein. Okay. What do you have? I have 1878. Yeah, it was the second recorded instance of violence. Yeah, thirteen years after the death of correct, Asa. and that's another reason this scholar said that the f- the first killing wasn't that big of a deal because why did it take him thirteen years? Thirteen years to start it back up. But yeah. anyways, it, it was over a hog. Okay, yeah, it was over a hog. Yeah, <laughs> the, mainly the Hatfields and the McCoys were disputing over the ownership of this <laughs> one pig. Right, right, which is amazing. Yeah. Floyd but the pig was a huge deal. It was a huge deal, yeah. Because, you know, you... you Meat. You, um, milk. Mil- yeah. Pig all, milk. Pig milk, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Floyd Hatfield, who was a cousin of Dan, uh, of Devil Ancy's, mm-hmm. he had the hog. But Randolph McCoy claimed it was his, saying that the notches or the markings on the pig's ears were McCoy's and not Hatfield's markings. That's funny. They took this to the Justice of the Peace. Right. Like this is big Did they bring the pig? Probably. Yeah, probably, yeah, to show him the markings. Yeah. They probably called the pig into evidence. Yeah. They brought it to the Justice of the Peace, uh, who was called Preacher Ancy. 
Anderson, Preacher, Ancy Hatfield. Of course. Oh, that's not so biased. kind of a kind of a yeah a, a, a skewed judge there. Yeah. yeah. So Hat, the Hatfield family was tied up in all sorts of shit. And, and can I just say the the justice of the peace, uh, Preacher Ancy Hatfield. Yeah. He ruled in favor of the of the Hatfields. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Needless to say, right? Yeah, and then it continued again in 1880. I'm not sure if you want to cover that one. Around the same time of the hog incident. Oh, there's another thing that happened. Yeah, there was a cousin of um, the McCoys named Perry Klein. Perry Klein. And Perry Klein is a very important character in the story. Really? Yeah. I don't think Klein came up in my uh, research. Because, again, a lot of people like to just focus on Hatfields Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, it was was in the name brands. Yeah, exactly. It just makes it an easier story to tell. But um, what happens is Devil Ann sues Perry Klein, again, a cousin of McCoy, and gets 5,000 acres from them. 5,000 acres is a lot of land. A huge amount of land. Okay, so... Even if you're thinking a dollar an acre back then. Right. Now, okay, so imagine this Tug River Valley. It's mountainous, mm-hmm. a, a shallow river, not a lot of arable land. Again, coal's not a big deal yet. Can you imagine what might be uh, the big industry or big... Coal's not big. There's yeah. only a couple acres of yep. land you can actually farm on. Right. My guess would be moonshine. Okay, so that was a big one. Now, um, there's already temperance movements, and the government's already shutting down on whiskey because they want to tax it. So bootlegging. Um, so that is a big one, and, and that does kind of play into the story, but, but really timber, lumber. Of course, it's yeah. wooded, heavily wooded. Yeah, and so, even though you... That, that's right, the Hatfields had a, a timber mine. Yes. So or a timber mine. A, a lumber timber, works. Yeah. Right. So so what happens is, it's kind of an ironic story. Hatfield sues this cousin of the McCoys, gets 5,000 acres, then starts suing other people for chopping trees on his land. Make, rakes in money through lawsuits. Wow. McCoy chops down a tree on his neighbor land, he gets sued... He ends up losing a lot of land and uh, gets up gets divorced. Like McCoy, like it's kind of there's a huge turning point where Hatfield becomes very wealthy off of the lumber industry and McCoy kind of gets screwed. And so I think that kind of creates animosity and I'd be pissed off, especially because like it's the same thing. Like here's this rich guy who just made who just gained five thousand acres suing someone and mm. I just got sued for the very same thing yeah. and got fucked. Mm-hmm. Right. So that becomes kind of a, a big part of it and. When Perry Klein loses the 5,000 acres, he ends up going to Pikesville. And that's where he becomes sheriff and lawyer and becomes very heavily tied. And so he can come right. back and fuck Hatfield So he was like, later. okay, you took 5,000 acres yeah. of my land. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to go get trained in how I can... Find out a way to screw you back. And I'm sure he's making good money as a lawyer. Yeah, correct. And sheriff. So and he arrests sheriff. people. He's and a then, sheriff, yeah. and then he can represent them. Yes. He's going to arrest yeah. you and then he represent him, you in a court of law. Gets coming and going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man, that's a racket to get into yes. right there. Yeah, and he'll, so he'll come back in at the end kind of thing. So that's that's the whole start of this kind of land dispute, um, these lawsuits, and of course both the Hattonfields and McCoys are all tied up in it. So what do you have in the 1880s? Was it the election day fight? I'm not sure if it was on election day. This was in June. What was election day in June? I have August, but okay. it could have just been... So, I mean, There's maybe two what, different things. You may be. have two different sources. For sure, for sure. In June 1880, Bill Staten, who was a relative of both the families... Okay. He was a relative of the Hatfields and, and the McCoys. Was some see. kind of cousin I've seen that. or I've, married into yeah. one family but was from another. Related to both. And in June 1880, he was killed by two of the McCoy brothers, Sam and Paris. And they were later acquitted on the grounds of self-defense. Now, this kind of uh, stoked the huh. Hatfield-McCoy feud because, honestly, it, it didn't matter who, who killed Staten. 
Right. If it was the McCoys, the Hatfields would blame them. Right. If it was the Hatfields, the McCoys w- would blame them. I see. Because he was relatives to both. To both. Of them. That's interesting. So it didn't matter who killed him. Right. The fact that he was dead and shit was gonna pop off. Right. Tug Fork, which is that river, uh-huh. had a uh, a flood wall. This flood wall was in West Virginia, constructed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and it kind of divides the Hatfields and the McCoys. And the feud only got worse after Rosanna McCoy entered a relationship with Devil Ancy. Devil. Well, so his name is Anderson, so I kind of just assumed it was Devil Devil Ans. Devil Ans. Okay. Roseanne McCoy entered a relationship with Devil Ans' son, Johnson. Okay. Also known as a uh, Johnsy. Yeah, dude, don't they? Have, they all have like middle names. Yeah. Or they they'll or nicknames like I've seen one guy referred to as Asa and him also referred to as Harmon, which was his middle name. Yeah. So it's hard to keep them all it is. separated. So, so so Johnson Hatfield was a it's either Jonesy or Johnsy or Johns. Right. Okay. It's hard to tell. I'd right. have to hear someone say, <laughs> say it. it to know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Rosanna had kind of a Romeo and Juliet thing with Johnsy. I see. And that made the feud a little a little more tense. Yeah. Deborah, what was her name? Roseanne. Roseanne. Why did I think Deborah? Not I don't a know. biblical name. Uh, is Deborah a biblical name? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Even the Bible's named Deborah. Prostitute, maybe. Uh, okay. We'll we'll come we'll come back to that. Okay, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do, do a, a whole whole episode on <laughs> biblical prostitutes. <laughs> biblical prostitutes. You know, Mary Magdalene probably wasn't a prostitute. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Probably just a lady. <laughs> probably. That's just how they described all ladies back then. Yeah. You know, the prostitute. <laughs> the prostitute. The, uh, it, the unwed woman in her right, mid-30s, exactly. you know, yeah. the prostitute. <laughs> That's right. But Rosanna wasn't a prostitute, but she did get... She did get pregnant. Pregnant, right? Which would which have been is, a big deal. Yeah, and that's Might something, well that's something prostitutes are generally good at avoiding. Right, right. You know, it, comes, it comes with the territory. Right. It's the oldest profession. you got to think they, they, they plan for this. Yeah. In some way. So I'm assuming Devil Ann's left with her and went out into the, the wilds. No, he, he, he didn't leave her behind, did he? Well, Devil Ann's, uh, you mean Jones? Oh, Jones. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Jonesy. Jonesy. Yeah. Uh, he he stayed with her for a little bit. Okay. Well, that's good. He stayed with her. He, yeah. He, he, he did get her pregnant. Right. He did get her pregnant. Yeah. Uh, uh, but she left her family to live with the Hatfields in West Virginia. Right. Which kind of didn't win her any good favor I'm sure she in was... the McCoy camp. Right, of course. Kind of a traitor and to I'm the sure McCoys. I'm sure the Hatfields didn't exactly like her either. Um, I'm, I'm sure she got... Some leeway, I like, yeah. because she was dating, oh, she was married, oh, not married, she was yeah. having a McCoy. I'm sorry, she was having a Hatfield. Yeah. She was going to give birth to... A Hatfield McCoy. Yeah, to the Devil Anz's son. Oh, right. uh, grandson. grandson. She was going to give birth to Devil Anz's grandson. Right. So I think there's something there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, but that didn't last too long. She actually returned to the McCoy's. But when the couple tried to resume their relationship, I guess they had a little fight, and she right. broke up, like, I'm going to my dad's house. Right. Scare you, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm going back to Kentucky. Right. Uh, when she... Crossing the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so after that little break, they tried to resume their relationship, but uh, Jonesy was arrested by the McCoys on outstanding Kentucky bootlegging warrants. There you go. Now, this is interesting, because right. they were both bootleggers. Of course. They were both bootleggers, but Jonesy had a warrant in Kentucky, right. and the McCoys, I suppose, were able to enforce it. Right. Like, yeah. well, you're because coming to fuck our daughter, you're under arrest yeah. for this thing that you're wanted for in That's Kentucky. Funny. Yeah, because, you know, like, later on, there's people get arrested, but I've also seen it labeled as kidnapped. Yeah. Because you don't have police. Like, if there's an arrest warrant, just whoever's yeah. out there who can get the guy. Yeah, especially when you're not in a... Mu- 
a town. You're right. not in a municipality. No, no. You're just out in the sticks. Yeah, so you could have an arrest warrant put on your name, and you're just out there on your farm and or in your Yeah, he's going to come get you. Yeah. He's going to come get you. Right, right. Now, he was freed from McCoy custody. Okay. After Roseanne, oh, I'm sorry, Rosanna, made a desperate midnight ride. Oh, wow. Back to the Hatfields. Okay, kind of. And, tried to plead her case, or and she pleaded, case. and she pleaded to Devil Ann's. Right. She, she talked to Devil Ann's. Okay. And he organized a rescue party. Interesting. And this Hatfield rescue party surrounded the McCoy house, boy, and took Jonesy by force back to West Virginia before he could be transported the next day to the county seat in, in Pikeville. Okay. To to, to to face charges. To face charges, right? Right. Yeah. Despite what was seen as kind of a betrayal of her family on his behalf. Uh, Jonesy Hatfield abandoned Rosanna right. for her cousin. After saving his life. Yeah, after saving his life. He abandoned his pregnant uh, fiancé or whoever. Yeah, right. His girlfriend, his yeah. beau, his, his baby mama. Right. He abandoned her for her cousin, Nancy McCoy. Jeez. Who he got married to in 1881 while also having um, an illegitimate child. Right. Through his wife's cousin. And we can, like, you can make jokes about it. Sure, like, they're all yeah. related. Yeah. And that was, again... They are all related. That's kind of part of this whole... The Hatfield-McCoy feud is kind of seen in this light as, like, these savages, these hillbillies. And again, air quotes. Like, it was kind of used as a way to promote industrialization. Yeah. And temperance, even. Mm -hmm. Like, look at these hillbillies moonshining and all that. All this violence. Yeah, all this violence. People dying. Let's get rid of that. Yeah, so that's why it became, like, this national story. Like, the New York Times ran all these stories that were, were... it turned out blatantly untrue about how crazy these people were and how bad it really was. Was, when, it, was, it, was it fake news, Andrew? It was fake, exactly, because like they said that Devil Ann's had like five wives and like he believed in polygamy and all this stuff that... Did uh, he? No, he did have some interesting religious ideas that I, I want oh, to... Oh, I was worried you'd say he did have some wives. No, no. He, he, he did have three or four, right. but five is, five five is an outright lie. Right, right, right. No. Um... The next one that I have is Election Day, 1882. So it was okay. actually a different... Yeah. Something before then? I No, I have um, 1881 where Jonesy married Nancy. Right. And that was a big thing between them. Right. And then 1882, on my notes, I have Election Day. So I want you to go okay. ahead and do it. So um, Tolbert McCoy, he's supposedly drunk and looking for trouble. And that is from one of his own cousins. So drunk kinda, and looking for trouble? Yeah. One of his own cousins said he was looking for trouble, so I think it's a pretty believable stance or whatever. If the guy in your Source. corner is like, yeah, he was asking yeah, for it. Yeah, he was asking for it. <laughs> yeah. So he started uh, yelling at this neighbor uh, for a outstanding debt for a fiddle. A fiddle? Dude, so it goes to show, like, like the whole argument over one pig, the argument mm. over one fiddle, there wasn't a lot of, like, cash. There were, like... This was a very economically yeah. depressed area. It was very, very much about property, even though the Hatfields were very well off. As the McCoys as... were hurting for money. Right, right. So, Tolbert, he needs money. He wants the money for this fiddle. I'm assuming he either made or fixed for somebody. Yeah. He's or causing a or... scene. And um, I, I, there's a reason we mentioned it's Election Day is because people got drunk on Election Day. I think we may have mentioned it in our beer episode or one of, I feel like we mentioned on one of our previous episodes the fact that election day was seen as a drinking holiday yeah like back in the 1860s through 1890s actually up until temperance really get drunk because you have the day off work yeah and any any holiday was yeah. get shit faced so so um Tolbert starts this, this trouble and all of a sudden in a Hatfield Ellison Hatfield 
um, tries to intervene. Now, the quote I have is that he yelled, I'm the best goddamn man on earth. It was kind of a... I'm the best goddamn... Now, was that before or after he was stabbed 26 times? <laughs> that was be- before. Okay. Because and... I have that in my notes, too. Stabbed 26 times now, and finished off with a gunshot to the face. Part of me wants I'm to I'm the say... best man on earth, Andrew. <laughs> I wa- I'm so curious as what the uh, context of that is. Like, he must have said some shit before and some shit after. But the one quote we have, the thing that he yelled the loudest was, I'm the best goddamn man on earth. And then he, he proceeded to get stabbed yeah. 26 times. So Tolbert and two of his brothers, yeah, grab knives and grab a pistol, as you said. Mm-hmm. And again, both sides, both Hatfields and McCoys, said that it was an unfair fight. So I think, like in this case, the, the McCoys were almost like in the wrong, um, or not in the wrong, the, the, the overwhelming evidence and the story that's left behind is definitely in the Hatfields' favor. Now, you say that. You say that. <laughs> do you have... Do you know what happens after the McCoy boys get arrested? Oh, yeah, they tie them to pawpaw bushes. Let me elaborate a little bit further. The McCoy boys were arrested by the Hatfield constables, because right. the Hatfields <laughs> have their own constables. Right, right. And were taken to Pikeville for trial. Oh, now, they were actually put on trial. Yeah, well, they okay. were taken to... Let's not go too far. <laughs> yeah. They were taken to Pikeville for trial. For trial. Now, if you know anything by now, in the next like last half hour you've been recording, right. Hatfields and McCoys don't go to trial. Devil Lands secretly organized a convoy. Okay. To awesome. intercept the constables and the McCoy prisoners before they reached Pikeville. Then the brothers, the McCoy boys, were taken by force to West Virginia to await the fate of mortally wounded Ellison Hatfield. Because he wasn't oh, dead that's yet. that's right, yes. He wasn't dead yet. Yeah. One Ellison died from his injuries. Yeah. Then, then, they tied the McCoy boys up to pawpaw bushes, uh, and they were shot. Yeah, multiple, like... Uh, um, uh, about 50 times. Right. Guys just circled them, or... Now, yeah. I'm assuming half circle. A circle would probably be a bad idea. The bodies were described by witnesses as bullet-ridden. Yeah, there you go. Pretty brutal. So, pawpaw bushes, are those, like, cacti? Do they I have? don't I don't know what pawpaw bushes okay. are. It's interesting that, yeah, that they... That it was they very specific. specific. Yeah, specifically paw mentioned. Pawpaw bushes. Pawpaw bushes. Uh, we're going to do a quick pause for the calls, do a little research. Uh, a, a quick Google here. Quick Googling of a pawpaw bush. Let's see. Okay. Oh, interesting. They're kind of big. A pawpaw is an understory tree, which means it hangs. It mm-hmm. has leaves that hang, often appearing more like a bush than a tree. With fruit found singly or more often in clusters, much like bananas. It doesn't self-pollinate, so other pawpaw plants need to be in the vicinity for to produce fruit. Not, it's a fruit-bearing tree. Not prickly. Not prickly. Okay, so... Um, it's a small tree. That's 1882. That's 1882. My next thing is in 1886, it looks like. Okay, go go ahead. Actually, the Hatfields were indicted for their executions of the McCoy boys. Right. Their extrajudicial executions. Right. They were all indicted, but all of the Hatfields eluded arrest, yeah. which also stoked the flames of the McCoy feud. So you say eluded arrest, and what eluded I say arrest. is like, they just didn't, they didn't pursue those, the state government or the, the, the county government at just Pikesville. wasn't interested? Yeah, or Logan County. Either counties. Because the constables were Hatfields. Right, exactly. Why would you... Yeah, Yeah, the constables right. were Hatfields in yeah. West Virginia. Right. And the McCoys were constables in Kentucky. Right. So, so they no... were the law, depending on what side of the river you were on. Yeah, yeah. But again, and the McCoys, not so much. The McCoys, 
didn't have the nearly the power that the Hatfields didn't did. have the same pull. No, did not have the same pull at all. Well, Andrew, this has been uh, very interesting and very cool and very enlightening. I want to keep going, but I think we should take just a little itty bitty break. We will be back in a couple minutes or a couple seconds to our our listeners at home. And uh, with with more (laughs) More. awesome uh, McCoy and Hatfield facts. And we'll see who comes up on the moral high ground. Yeah. McCoy's. I think so. I actually agree with that. Do you? I think the Hatfields... Yeah, but that's because the Hatfields were like the evil empire. Do you think the McCoys have the, have the moral high ground? You yeah, know what? Let's, let's address that. We'll address let's, it. We'll figure let, it out. Let's say that... Uh, that's how we'll start the uh, start yeah. from the break. We'll, we'll figure out who has the moral high ground. We still have a few more instances to cover. Okay. I've got a few. Our, so far, our dates have been lining up. We do yeah. have a few differences. Yeah. Like, you had a story I didn't have. I had a story you didn't have. Yeah. Um, and our view on the bar shooting. Bar, right. Is, is a little different. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little different. That's fair. Uh, but that's all right. Because like, we, we have different sources. And, um, right. As, as much as historians want to be impartial. Right. No one's impartial. Correct. Uh, so. So now for a word from our advertiser. Our word from our advertiser. Our advertiser today is brought to you, uh, our show today is brought to you by uh, five star Five Star Notebooks. I think it's a Five Star Notebook. Five Star Notebook? No- it doesn't actually say Five Star on there, so I'm doubting it is. Because I feel like Five no, Star No, because Five Star is going to put the branding on everything. That's, that's the $8 This is kind of cool that they don't advertise. I kind of like that. There's, yeah, there's no, no corporate- branding on it. All right, today's sponsor is your average composition notebook. Yeah, it holds from- up just as well yeah, as a. You probably got it from like Publix or Target or something. Exactly. Yeah. With, with no branding on it. Yeah. Even on the back cover? Let me no, say. absolutely nothing. Who the fuck Isn't made that this? strange? Who the fuck made this notebook? It's almost like they don't want us to know. They don't want you to know. They that was definitely, where it was, that was made. No, that was slave labor. It was not even like a Heche in Mexico These or tre- made in China. I think the trees were aborted to make the paper for this. Yeah, there's nothing. That's so <laughs> weird. All right, well, we'll be right back. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> the moral high ground. Right. Andrew, we're back. Yeah. Back in who, action. Who has the moral high ground? The McCoys or the Hatfields? I think the McCoys, generally speaking. Correct. Because uh, the Hatfields had a lot more tools with which to fuck the McCoys, and they used them vigorously and often. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, that, well, um, well this has been the broadside. <laughs> Except, I'm going to stand by my Tolbert McCoy, though, looking for trouble in... He was he was looking for trouble. Yeah. And uh, the other Hatfield, what was his name again? Uh, Asa. Ellison. Ellison. Ellison, right. who was stabbed twenty six times. Yeah. You know, not great. No. But then he did the, yell out, "I'm he, the best guy." He in did yell out, "I'm the I'm the best I'm that the best deserves, guy in the world." Maybe that deserves an ass kicking. It deserves an ass kicking. Not uh, a stabbing. <laughs> they did put it to the ultimate test. Yeah. <laughs> really saw that claim held held water, yeah. which it did not. <laughs> Poor guy. So, certainly not knife proof. Right, right. But then they also kind of kidnapped the McCoy boys yeah. and tortured and executed them. Yeah, again, I look at the Hatfields and the Klein family, which was related to the Hatfields. Because, again, the Klein family, uh, especially Perry Klein was the one who mm-hmm. became the sheriff and the lawyer and tied with Pike County um, and, politicians. Yeah, and, 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 and Klein actually used his political power 
to reinstate the charges and announced rewards for the Hatfields right. as an act of revenge. Right. They, Like you said, they used their their powers to screw over the McCoys yeah. because they could. But that was only because Klein was, you know, kind of taking advantage of the situation to get revenge against Devil Lands, who, st- not stole, but took his took land. Took his 5,000 acres yeah. of land. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing I have is 1886. Do you have anything... No. ...earlier than that? No. Do you have something in 1886? No. Something about a mail carrier? No. This is news to me. In 1886, Jeff McCoy killed a mail carrier... <laughs> I wonder why. A postal That's carrier. So the only postman in this godforsaken yeah. one, bumfuck nowhere valley. The one guy who is willing to do that job. Yeah. Killed the mailman, and his name was Fred Wolford. I wonder why. I'm really, you know, I'm really curious. And the Just... person who went after him for this crime was acting constable Cap Hatfield. Gotcha. He's got to go out and. He's going to go out and bag him, this McCoy boy. Right. Serve justice, but of course, well, he's happy. He's happy to do he's it. He's happy as a McCoy, but also the McCoy. What was his name? Jeff killed the mailman. Right. The only mailman oh, yeah. in this godforsaken bumfuck valley. Right. 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 So it's not it's only a, did you break the law, but you really screwed the system up. For yeah, all it's of kind us. of a shitty thing when you yeah. only have the one mailman. Right. Right. For this whole valley. Right. It's not like he he got rid of the moonshiner because there's plenty of them. Yeah. The, yeah. Or, or the you can get your moonshine from anyone in this valley. Right. 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 That was kind of a big thing. Uh, Cap and his friend, a man named Tom Wallace, and Cap was the constable who was looking for Jeff McCoy. They shot Jeff McCoy while on the run on the banks of Tug River. Okay. And then Tom Wallace was soon found dead in the spring of 87. Right. So Wallace and Cap went and got Jeff, killed him, and the McCoys decided to kill Wallace in revenge. And that was in uh, 1887. And then the feud reached its absolute peak during 1888. Have you heard of this? Yeah. The New Year's Massacre. Battle at Grapevine Creek? The Battle at Grapevine Creek. Do you want to talk about that? Um, so d- I believe that happened after that the McCoy's house being burned down, though. I think right before... Their house was burned down. Yeah, I, I think before the battle... So what happens is... like I th- Oh, I do see this. Yeah, in um, uh, 1888. Klein send... Like, I think w- as part of them going to get the... Serve those warrants that were ri- originally issued? Yeah, Cap Hatfield and Jim Vance led uh, a few of the Hatfield clan members yeah. to surround the McCoy cabin. Right. And they opened fire on the sleeping family. The cabin was, like, set on fire... In an effort to drive Randolph McCoy, the leader, out into the open. But he escaped by making a break for it. But two of his children were shot. Yeah. And his wife uh, was beaten within inches of her life. That's terrible. Yeah. And with his house still burning, Randolph and the remaining family members were able to escape to the woods. Right. His children, who were not prepared to escape into the woods, uh, suffered frostbite quite severely. And the remaining McCoys moved to Pikesville... To escape the Hatfields, basically. Yeah. So from from Pikesville, they gather up a posse with the help of Perry Klein. I haven't gotten to this yet. Okay. So they they say so Perry Klein and other and Pikesville. Per- and Perry Klein's the sheriff the, of Pikesville now. Correct. Yeah. Of uh, Pikes County, the mm. whole county, en- mm. encompassing parts of Tug Valley. I see. Um. So Klein, who who again lost five thousand acres from Hatfield, he's got ties 
with the local government. They mm. see this valley as being very important for mining. Yeah. There's the rise of the railroad, and so they see an economic opportunity. And, and his buddies and family just got run out of the valley. Yeah. So there was like both economic reason and maybe a moral high, like a moral a yeah. judgment, a, a justice, justice, a reckoning is exactly. to come. So they gather up their posse, and that's where they have this big shootout, this this battle, and again, battle in quotations, um, this skirmish okay. on um, grape grape something grapevine creek grapevine creek shores the shores okay. of grapevine creek. Okay, were they shooting over the over uh, the creek? Yeah, yeah. I imagine there was a um, okay, like a scene from uh, Patriot. Yeah, yeah, but a much smaller scale. Okay, <laughs> that's a smaller scale version of that. Yeah, and so that's kind of seen as the. Penultimate? Is that the or is that's that's second to ending? Yeah, yeah. Penul- so at the ultimate, ultimate. It was like the ultimate showdown. Okay. And after that, that was the head of, yeah. of the feud, and that kind of ended it as well. Really, it was kind Supposedly, of like this is this is it, huh? Yeah, I think there was enough bloodshed that and, and you know Klein slash McCoy had enough government backing to kind of quell the situation permanently. Well, I I am looking at the battle here, mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Vance was killed. Okay. Who was part of the McCoys, I believe. No, I'm sorry. He, he was part of the Hatfields. Jim Vance was part of the Hatfields. He was killed uh, in the woods after he refused to be arrested by the McCoy posse. Then the, the posse made another successful raid on uh, Hatfield homes and supporters and captured three of them before cornering the rest in Grapevine Creek Okay. on the 19th of January. Unfortunately for the posse... Devil Lands and the other Hatfields were waiting for them with an armed group of their own, and then the battle ensued between the two parties, and the Hatfields were eventually apprehended. Devil Lands himself. Okay. Apprehended. Isn't that interesting to think? Like, you probably have, let's just say, like, conservatively, like, 20 guys on a side. Yeah. Like, shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one side's like, all right, fuck it, we give up. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. It's like throwing a shark at your neighbor, watching him slide down the stairs, yeah. and then being like, all right, that's enough. This is the worst. But in the end, uh, nine of the Hatfields were brought to Kentucky to stand trial for okay. the murder of Alifair McCoy, who was killed during the New Year's Massacre. Oh, the New Year's Massacre. Which one was that? Would that have been the house burning, maybe? That was the house burning. Okay. Uh, that was when they opened fire on the house, and the house right. got set on fire, and like three of his kids died. Yeah. Three of Randolph's kids died, and he had to flee into the woods, and the rest of his kids got frostbite. I'm not surprised that I hadn't heard about some of the altercations that you read about because there were, I think there were a lot there was there a lot were, of just yeah. again bushwhackings and and again my sources aren't the same as your sources I'll right. be honest I use Wikipedia fairly liberally it's a great source it is a it, well sometimes yeah you just gotta double check yeah exactly double you just gotta stuff. make sure you, you, you have to actually click on those on those uh, links right to, to see if the source they're citing is actually correct it's actually a website yeah alright something there now the, the Supreme Court did get involved in the feud Okay. Did you hear about this? No. Because... The Supreme Court. Yeah. the Supre- That's funny. The United States Supreme Court became involved in the feud um, during this trial uh, for the murder of Alifair McCoy, who was killed during the New Year's house burning. Right. Because of issues of, of due process and illegal extradition, some people made the argument that the Hatfields were illegally extradited from West Virginia to Kentucky to stand trial. Right. And back then, the Union was more... I mean, when we say the Confederacy, we think of the Confederate States of America, we think of the Civil War, but the Union was a bit more like a Confederacy right? than it was of a Federation. Correct. It was more loosely yeah. 
combined than we know today. Exactly. Right. There, there was more states' rights. There was less of a, a central government. There right. was more the European Union. Because there was no way to, like, completely control. Like, no. If you're a politician in Washington, D.C., no. how do you control someone in exactly. Kentucky? And that's why we have stuff like the National Guard and right. the FBI. Right, right. Those federal law-keeping. Right. But Or even more, but technology. Like, mm-hmm. you may have had, like, you know... Yeah. Being able to make a phone call is a yeah, huge a, part of... A, a, a senator from D.C. can yeah. call a right. senator in, like, West Virginia, right. and they can have a conversation right, right. there. Which there's, was, not, there's not sending a writer. Yeah. Or a telegram at this point. Uh, but even a, then... A tele- actually, no. Yeah. The, no, because no, the Fork Valley wouldn't have wouldn't been have, wired. Fork Valley it. No, you're right. wouldn't have been wired. Until, like, it was really the railroads, once the railroads went up... And then you put the telegraph, telephone, the telegraph lines right along the railroad. Right. Right. Yeah, so Tug Valley yeah, wouldn't have been wired completely at this point. Un- so you would have had to set a uh, center rider to, to go and deliver it. So what was the Supreme Court's ruling? What did they say? The Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two in favor of Kentucky, see, saying right. that even right. if a fugitive is returned from the asylum state illegally, instead of through lawful extradition procedure, no federal law prevents him from being tried. I see. So the Hatfields get to stand trial. Their, I, I guess their representation was arguing since they were extradited from yeah. West Virginia to Which, Kentucky, they shouldn't stand trial in Kentucky. So now, you know, let me flip-flop. Okay. I think the Hatfields at this point have the moral high Do ground. Do you? Because at this point, this is this is overreach. This is government overreach. Well, hold on now. <laughs> hold on now. The Supreme Court exists for this kind of shit. Yeah, but I think back then there was enough cronyism and there was enough... Uh, you, you uh, corruption. You don't, think, I think, you don't think there's enough cronyism now? Oh, no, there definitely is. This <laughs> did is, this did is, we dial is, up a little yeah, bit more? Yeah, I think this is all indicative. This is exactly the kind of fucked up shit that we're doing today. Is is um, well, The more things change, the more things stay the is same. Is the maybe. government using their power to, to go in and screw over poor people? Well, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the McCoys, saying that yeah. Hatfields are going to stand trial. Right. Because the McCoys were Kentucky. Because at that point, the, the sides had switched, though. Now it was the hat. The Hatfields were the poor part because they they were rich until this point where they had yeah. everything taken. Mm-hmm. And and the reason they had everything taken is because the government wants that land for for coal mining. I see. So that's why the government in, in part gets, sided with the with McCoys because the they say here's five thousand acres. It was illegally gained. This is now federal land. This is now federal land. Yeah. Oh, that's well, just me being anti-government, anti-establishment. Well, the uh, the, the Hatfields were tried in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they were all found guilty. Seven of them relieved life in prison. Okay. While the eighth, Ellison Cottontop Mouse, uh, Ellison Cottontop Mouse, That's a great name. who was on, on the Hatfield side, he was executed by hanging. Wow. I'm surprised only one of them was hung. Only only hanged. Hanged. Horses are hung. People are hanged. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. It's, it's a good Some way people are hung. Right, right. But there's no indication that Ellison was one of them. Okay. Ellen <laughs> Cotton Top Mouse. He was hanged, for sure. Hung? Okay. Hung, possibly. Presumptuous. <laughs> so Devil Anne's was not... Devil Anne's was not hung. Okay. Hanged. He may have been hung. <laughs> I don't know, he had a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's doing something, right? That's right. He may have been hung. He may have been. He was, he was definitely not hanged, however. Okay. Um, William Anderson, Devil Anne's Hatfield, he was actually um, the brother of Valentine Hatfield, led the plan and most of their combative endeavors. Let's see here. Valentine Hatfield, uh, which was Devil Lands's older brother, who was overshadowed, overshadowed by Devil Lands's ambitions, was one of the eight convicted and he died in prison of unknown causes. 
He petitioned his brothers to assist him in his emancipation from jail, but none of them came uh, for fear of being captured and brought to trial themselves. He was buried in the prison cemetery, which has since been paved over. Devil Anne's, which was uh, the younger brother, but still the leader of the clan. Right, kind of the patriarch. Yeah, he... I'm not even sure if he went to prison. He may have not. No. It doesn't say if he went to prison or not. I could see him getting away with it. But yeah, yeah. The whole end, end story, I didn't... I had gotten so caught up in some of the earlier stuff. It doesn't have a neat little bow on it, it does it? No. It kind of petered out. Right. It totally did. Yeah, there was no thing that ended it conclusively. It kind of just petered out, like most right. things. Yeah. Like this podcast will eventually do. <laughs> hey, let's, let's hope, hope not. Peter out. No, we're going to go out with a bang. Yeah. 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 The, <laughs> when when the, that happens. A suicide pact. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Is that everything you've got? That's about everything I got. I have some facts about Randolph McCoy, because that was the side I was kind of leaning more towards. Right. Um, he, he had 17 children. Five of his children died due to the violence during the feud. That's and another crazy. who died of a broken heart, presumably from being in love with a Hatfield girl. Boy. I like how that was all in his cause of death. Yeah. Broken heart. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have t- too much on um, Devil Anne's. Uh, Hatfield, except for there's some questioning about his religious views. Okay. He wasn't a traditional because you got to think this is um, this the is deep r- south, rural, yeah, rural so, Appalachia. So there was a very stringent um, view of really Baptist Christian is, is okay. what most of them were. Gotcha. Um, and you know I don't know uh, there's I don't think there's any way to prove if William Anderson was a devil worshiper or anything. Probably but there not. is a quote where he said. Um, you know, I don't believe in God. I belong to the devil's church, which at the time when he said it was like back when he had just won his 5,000 acres. So at least the scholar, they saw it as more of like he was, he felt like he was so powerful that he didn't need to follow God. Absolutely. It was his own church that he established. He had his own cops. Mm -hmm. He had his own. He has constables. He he has people in the town. He has positions in government. So he didn't need to follow the church. He was the most powerful woman in West Virginia. Right. So a powerful man, right? I said woman. Powerful man in West Virginia. So he almost like established a cult of personality, right? A, a little bit, yeah. Do you a know, little bit. Is there anyone else famous in history who had a cult of personality? Benito Mussolini. Yes, him. S- and Joseph his, Stalin. Their two, their buddy. John their, F. Kennedy. Their younger buddy, their, or their buddy, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Old Adolf Charlie Hitler. Charlie Chaplin. So, Adolf Hitler had this whole... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin lookalike. Yeah. Um, Adolf Hitler had this whole... Cult of personality. You could argue over and over, like how how close was the tie between Nazism and the occult, right? Yeah. Um, and that's not what this podcast is about. It, it could be. It totally could be. <laughs> uh, but we're we're winding down here, so we'll have to we'll readdress that as a broader topic. But yes, a broader topic. tied to this idea of Hitler and the occult, we are recording today on April thirtieth. Yes, we are. Which is actually the day that Hitler committed suicide. Really, ten days after his birthday. Yes, and it turns out that. Um, April 30th is also a uh, German and Dutch holiday called Walpurgis. Could be pronouncing that correctly. Probably am not. Um, so April 30th is this German and Dutch holiday. Obviously, it's a Christian holiday, but it, it just like a lot of other Christian holidays, it has a, uh, an older Germanic folklore. Of course, yeah. So in Germanic folklore, April 30th is Hexennacht, or Witches' Night, nice. believed to be the night when witches gather at the highest peak in the Harz Mountains in Germany for their, like, witch meeting. Doing so, all their witch shit. So Hitler commits suicide on Hexennacht, and some of his cronies, um, like, even dur- like uh, 
Joachim von Ribbentrop during the Nuremberg trials kind of pointed to that as like a fur further proof that Hitler was this deity, was like this very important person. Yeah. So it's all, yeah. It's bullshit. Exactly. Oh, total bullshit. But it's all part of this like occult and like looking at your leader like they're infallible. Yeah, absolutely. We shouldn't ever look at our mm. leaders like they're infallible. Well, with, uh, I know with Joseph Stalin, I'm not sure if we talked about this with our fascism episode. Yeah. But with Joseph Stalin, um, when he gave public addresses, you never wanted to be the first person who stopped clapping because then you'd be taken away. Right. And no one would ever see you. But there would be at least one person every time. Yeah, at least one person every time has to be the first one to stop clapping. And I was reading one report that clapping went on for like 10, 15 minutes until people were tired and exhausted and they couldn't clap anymore. And finally someone was like, fuck it, I'm done. I'm going to the camp, fuck it. And he was noticed. Yeah. And they took him away. That's crazy. And he was never seen again. That I mean, reminds me of the uh, Kim Un Jongs, the, the that whole family, that the, whole dynasty. The Jongs. The Jongs in yeah, Korea. Kim Jongs. That yeah, they just have this this cult mm-hmm. following. That's their country. Well, they don't poop. They control the weather. Right. Of course, they're god kings. They had America surrendered to them. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh. the funniest thing in the world. Like we, like we would. Even if we were losing, Andrew, yeah, we wouldn't surrender. No. Oh, man. Can you imagine the public outcry? God, People would start grabbing guns out of their house before they surrendered. God forbid it doesn't come to that. No. It's kind of looking that way. Here's the thing is, North America has more AR-15s and private homes right. than North Korea has people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is more, pretty sad. There are more assault rifles in individual homes right. than there are people right. in North Korea. Yeah. Come get some. It wouldn't be that. It would be us turning against our own government. Keep it down now. To stop. Hold, hold on now. Well, I don't think Keep North Korea would ever be invading <laughs> us. If it came to like them nuking us, us nuking them, mm-hmm. it would be us grabbing, it would be, not us because I don't have an AR-15, it would be our neighbors grabbing their AR-15s and shooting at us to get our shit. You think so? It would it would devolve into social civil disobedience. And oh. yeah, if there was a nuclear war, they're not going to invade us. They don't need to invade no. us. They just want us to fucking yeah. stay out of their... Well, I have a bolt action 22. Well, there you go. So I'm you not can... sure if that's really going to help me yeah. too much. Protect your homestead. And I have a big old stick I keep by the door. There you go. It's my whooping stick. That's right. Some nice big hardwood. Keep all those fascists down. Yeah, it's like a, a four foot long stick yeah. that I keep by the door. So if someone ever breaks in, I sleep naked at night. So if someone breaks in, I'm going to be naked and swinging a big old stick stick at him. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That sounds like a... And my weapon. Intimidating. That's right. (laughs) It's an intimidating encounter. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, fun. It's been fun. It's been fun. Andrew, it's been fun. My name has been John. My name has been, up until this point, Andrew. And will continue to remain so for the foreseeable future, I imagine. That's right. And you can reach us uh, on Twitter at the Broadsides. Although I never check the Twitter because no one ever tweets us. Start tweeting at us, and I'll start checking the Twitter. That's right. Uh, Andrew updates the Facebook page, and that is Facebook.com/slash the Broadsides Podcast. And you can email us, uh, which is uh, the Broadsides at post p o s t dot com. Andrew, okay. anything else you want to say to our adoring fans? All no, I'm just uh, glad you guys uh, keep listening, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and I like you, making these. And hey, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, we'd love that. If not, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. No pressure. We'll see you next time.